Good morning, everybody. You're listening to Board Games FM, powered by Theology of Games. This is AJ Skistad, and I wanted to share some thoughts with you today about a game that I've been talking about for a while now. Um, I, I love the game Clank. I've been playing that uh, quite frequently with uh, some of my friends, and Clank is a fantastic game of dungeon exploration, I guess, um, but not in the way you think. You're doing it as you're deck building, and your cards are going to allow you to move through this dungeon and collect artifacts, and once you get an artifact, which you're only allowed to have one unless you have a backpack, which you can acquire with, uh, at the market, but um, you, once you get an artifact, you're going to try and make your way out of the dungeon and out of the castle. Well, I like that game a lot. Um, for me, that's my favorite theme, is that fantasy uh, dungeon crawl deck building. I like that. That's, I love it, actually. And um, I was talking about another game that Renegade was releasing uh, back in August that was really exciting called Clank in Space. And Clank in Space is almost the same premise for the game. You're trying to get a space artifact instead. Um, and you're on a spaceship and you need to get to the, you know, the, the deepest places of the spaceship where you can grab an artifact and come out uh, and finally get out of there with a uh, escape pod. So I finally got a chance to play this last night and I was amazed at this game. It was really, really cool. Um, usually when a game like this comes out, you think it's just going to be a reskin or, or just a retheme. Well, there were a lot of similarities, but there were enough differences that I really enjoyed it. Um, the fact that there's a modular board is really cool. Um, the original Clank gives you a two-sided board, which I appreciate that. It gives you some choice. But the new Clank and Space board gives you um, two pieces in the middle that can be that are double-sided, and um, I think the piece at the bottom is also double-sided. The piece which would be the deepest part of the dungeon or the spaceship. So I thought that was really cool. Number one, I love the modular board. Number two, they added this element to the game where you couldn't just go to the deepest parts of the spaceship. You had to hack into it. You had to get in there. And you had these two little data, data pads that you had. They're like clear, clear cubes, kind of like you would see in like King of Tokyo or something. And uh, there were places throughout the ship that you could drop those off. And once you dropped both of those off, you were able to gain access to the lower parts of the ship. And um, where you drop them off, you would either get a reward or you'd have to add Clank into the Clank pool. Now, there were more of them that you had to add Clank to the Clank pool than there were rewards. Uh, so this meant that you had to be willing to sacrifice some Clank to get down into the lower parts of the ship. And I thought that was real neat. You had to strategically pick two points in the game where you were going to play, play your data pads. So that was neat. Um, I also thought the concept of getting out of the ship was cool, um, have, having to get into an escape pod, and you get those 20 victory points if you can get out of the ship. Um, and then, uh, I think there was one other thing that was really neat about the game I really enjoyed. Oh, yeah, yeah, faction cards. They had different faction cards that you could acquire, and if you were able to play a faction card of two of the same type on your turn, some of them had secondary abilities. We've seen this in a lot of deck building games like Star Realms and Hero Realms and Ascension. Secondary abilities are fantastic in deck building games and they added that into this game. Love that mechanic. Uh, let's see, was there anything else that was really cool? 
Um, oh, just the fact that every card you saw had some sort of space spoof. It was spoofing off some movie or show, whether it be Star Trek, Firefly, Star Wars, uh, The Terminator, you name it, Ender's Game, any of the space shows that you can think of that are huge classics, um, they were spoofing on, and it was awesome just to try and look at every card and say, oh, what are they trying to mimic there? So I had a great time playing Clank in Space. You definitely need to check this one out. If you like the original Clank, check it out. If you've not seen any Clank, you can start with this game and be completely satisfied, especially if you like a sci-fi theme. Check it out, and check you later. Good morning, everyone. It's Firestone here with Board Games FM, powered by TheologyofGames.com. It's Wednesday morning, and that means the last night I had game night. I have a weekly game night, so uh, last night we got a ton of stuff played. We played number nine, uh, Photosynthesis, Folklore of the Affliction, Werewords, and Time's Up, which is kind of our classic closer, hey... We have 30 minutes. Let's bust out a game real fast. And uh, they were really good. Uh, every one of them was was good. I had never played number nine or photosynthesis before, so that was great. Actually, I had never played werewords before either, and that's the one I want to talk about today. You know how much we love social deduction games, and so this was one that I'd heard some good and good things about. Mostly, um, everyone kept saying like it's 20 it's 20 questions with a social deduction thing, kind of cobbled onto it and I thought that does not sound good but people I talked to that I trust were like it's really fun it's way more fun than 20 questions with a social deduction aspect should be so we tried it last night and hey you know what <laughs> it's really fun it's um basically you hand out these roles and there's a mayor and there's a seer and there's a werewolf at least one werewolf and um then there's an app you have to use an app and so whoever is the mayor, everyone gets their roles and then the mayor reveals themselves and they're going to kind of be the clue giver for the game. And they also have another role. There's one roll card that's left in the middle. So the mayor looks at that, that middle roll card secretly and they're also that role. So it could be a villager, it could be a werewolf. And um, so then everyone closes their eyes and the app kind of runs through and basically the mayor picks a, will pick a word between two words and, um, and then the werewolf knows the word and the seer knows the word. And then everyone wakes up and you have four minutes to pepper the uh, mayor with questions that are yes or no. And so the mayor has a whole stack of tokens that say yes or on one side, no on the other. And you'll say things like, is it a vegetable? Here's a no token. Here, is it a building? No token. Is it a, an animal? Yes token. And the tokens are finite. So when you run out, then the, the, the round is over. The game is over. So... Um, you're peppering him with these questions. The seer is obviously trying to steer people toward the right answer. The werewolf is trying to steer people away from the right answer. The mayor could be the seer, and the or he could be a werewolf, so he can be lying. You could say, is it an animal, and it's a mouse, and he says no. But of course, if the mayor is caught in a lie, um, or it makes it too obvious, then they'll get outed. So once this is done, then the team has one minute basically to talk about who they think the werewolf is if they don't get the um the, the question so uh then everybody votes and they hopefully you kill the werewolf if not the werewolves win if you correctly guess the word then the werewolf gets a chance to guess who the seer was and if they guess correctly the werewolf wins 
it uh, it's it's 20 questions and it's so good it's so fun there are thousands of different words in the app it's totally engaging it, it doesn't make any sense that it would work and it works it's i can't believe i have another social deduction game to add to the pile but i do it is so fun so anyway wear words super fun check this game out it's ridiculously good and uh i had a blast with it it's not better than the resistance or probably even secret hiller but it's still really fun and it takes seriously six minutes to play love it wear worlds wear words have a great day goodbye hey aj torson kipton here from be afraid i really liked your dice rolling story about what is and what isn't a legal role when my friends and i play dungeon fighter we've been known to really cheese it because the game involves not only rolling dice that arrive on the right side, but also arrive at the right place on the board. So the center of the target is for 10 damage on opponents, and when it comes down to the last boss battle, and you really don't want to lose, sometimes the uh, quote-unquote practice rolls turn into you roll it and you roll it until you're confident uh, you'll arrive at a good one because you already did, and you're like, oh, glad that was my official one. But... I did it a little differently, and I'll talk about that in the next call-in. I don't consider myself a super strict gamer or a, like a rules lawyer or anything. I mean, I permit my friends to <laughs> totally cheese that game uh, for round after round. But for myself, I chose to redo what was the dice landed on the right side and in the center of the map, meaning a critical hit, a one-hit victory. And that was my practice throw, which I treated as a practice throw and then my friend Kevin and I we gripped the uh, sword of friendship which means we I had to hold his wrist and make him throw the die and it landed on the same critical hit victory against death with a marking shot using napalm and the sword of friendship legendary unforgettable gaming moment